I'm not going to drive down University Avenue and cap someone after I leave Javier's house and expect to, to make it home in one piece. Dude, it's the enough. Wild West, baby. Like, <laughs> Worse, it's that's, Texas, dude. It's <laughs> Texas? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-hosts, Matt and Heiner. Better red than dead. And Javier Ortiz. What is up, my nerds? Do you ever find yourself wondering if you should spend the time, money, or both on a movie? We're here to answer that question for you. Each week, we put a movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. Today, we're reviewing News of the World. It was released December 25th, 2020. It was written by Paul Greengrass and Luke Davies, based on the novel written by Paulette Giles. It was directed by Paul Greengrass. It stars Tom Hanks, Helena Zengel, Ray McKinnon, Mayor Winningham, and Elizabeth Marvel. It's about a Civil War veteran who agrees to deliver a girl taken by the Kiowa people years before to her aunt and uncle against her will. They travel hundreds of miles and face grave dangers as they search for a place that either can call home. We appreciate your help growing the podcast. Go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. If you're listening on Apple or Podchaser, please leave us a review. We'd love to read that over the over the airwaves. Mattson, recently your nephew left us a, a review on Apple. Wait, said, Alex? I don't know. I, I'd have to look it up again. But he he literally what he goes, I listen because my because Matson's my uncle, but it turns out the podcast is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so. probably oh, that's probably Travis, Alex's mm. dad then. That sounds like Travis. I'll have to take a look again. Yeah, it was was a funny review. So he left us a nice review. So yeah, if you haven't, leave us a review. That does help a lot with growing the podcast. And we really do appreciate it. We will read those over the the airwaves. And then also, we're getting ready to dive deep, guys. So if you haven't seen this movie, go check it out. If you want to avoid spoilers, if you're okay with spoilers, hang out because we're going to spoil the shit out of this thing. Yeah, let's dive into this movie. I, I think, guys, what I want to start with is just get this thing out there and talk about the acting because I found myself very kind of bored at the beginning of the movie more than anything but the acting like obviously elevated this movie i mean tom hanks is tom hanks right so he's always going to be fantastic but i was really impressed by this girl helena zengel she was very impressive especially considering that the only lines she got were in different languages for the most part you know what i mean so it was yeah it was very impressive the way that she kind of drew the emotion out of you what did you guys think about the acting I don't know. I was really impressed by her because, you know, obviously I don't know the language or what like a good accent in that sounds like. But like when she was trying to speak English, she did it with like really broken, like this kind of thick accent. So I can only imagine how difficult it is to pretend like you don't speak your native language. So that, yeah, I thought she did really well. It's one of those movies where I don't think anyone did bad, right? Because there's a bunch of like one-off characters that are on screen for 20 minutes Mm -hmm. who end up dying or, you know, whatever. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, you are... I believe that you plan on raping this girl or I believe that you are a dictator sociopath like i believe all of this right so i think all the characters in there do a really good job especially those two main actors yeah i wanted to bring up the javier kind of alluded to the the three the the posse that were trying to come after johanna the the main guy he's creepy let's just be completely honest about that he played his part very well that's what i alluded to in our our spoiler free that 
I think that was the most intense scene when they were going through that firefight. And then when he was walking on top of the rocks and Hank's Captain Kidd and Johanna were below, just the tension and the ingenuity as well of Johanna before that, like going to get the money and realizing that they, they could use that shotgun after all. That was my favorite scene in the movie, just to see them kind of they worked together because they had been at odds with each other being Captain Kidd and Johanna, but then they, they worked together to, to kind of save themselves. But then that, that creepy guy, I mean, he played his part to the team and it was, I remember watching with watching that with Javier, we were kind of like on the edge of our seats, just being like, Oh man, like this is heavy stuff. And and it was just three actors and in a backdrop with a couple of rocks and some brush and they made it wonderful. Yeah, I'm glad you guys brought up like the the co-stars. And I, I say that very loosely because it was really just a two-person show for the most part with some little bit parts in there. But like Ray McKinnon and Mayor Winningham, the, the people that he tried to leave her with in, in the first town that they come to that knew him from the war, even they did really good. Like you could see that the mom, Mayor Winningham, she was freaking out when the little girl ran away in the rainstorm. And like, it's like you just met this girl yesterday. So it, it's very interesting, like a different time too like he finds this girl and she becomes his responsibility and he feels that way and i often like i wanted to ask the question like do you even remotely think that that would happen for the majority of people today like i think people are i I try to give people credit and say that they're genuinely kind and a lost child i've seen that help children that that can't find their mom but you now have to travel across the country to take this kid to their family i just don't see that happening these days drop them off at the police station and go good luck I'd be that first dude in in the or the the dad in the first couple where she like runs away for the first time and he just like goes up to Tom Hanks. He's like, well, she's gone. (laughs) He does not care. It's funny with the military, like he got her there and and then he was just like, you take her. And and we were like, what? Like what? But I guess at that point, like in your heart of hearts, you're like, well, if I don't, what she just stays here, then then all these dudes are probably going to do bad things to her. And uh, so but I think that's part of this movie, though, is uh, Captain Kid. Like there's there's clearly a moral code that we learned throughout the movie that he had that we didn't really know then. So we were questioning like, well, why would why would he go to these great lengths to do this thing? But from what the way I interpret it, it's because of all the bad things he had to do in the war. He felt punished because that's why he felt like his wife died. So at the end, it did click for me that he looked at this as this was kind of a way for him to save his life and save himself. And then he was blessed redemption. with redemption. I. Yeah, redemption. Exactly. There's the one word I needed. And then he was blessed with actually having someone that he cared about and could have a life with. And and he kind of got his reward in a sense for doing that. Yeah, I just found it interesting because I just I don't know that today somebody would be like, oh, I'm going to hop on a plane and fly it back to wherever. You know what yeah, I mean? No, people are not going to do that. They're going to hand them over to the authorities. It's crazy. Yeah. Granted, the authorities back then couldn't really do anything because you could get off once you're outside of town. You want to kill someone? Go kill them. But he in this yeah. age, like I'm not going to drive down University Avenue and cap someone after I leave Javier's house and expect to to make it home in one piece. Dude, it's the enough. Wild West, baby. Like, <laughs> Worse, it's that's, Texas, dude. It's <laughs> Texas. That's what I was going to say. But but did they not? Uh, JJ, I don't know if you know this. I mean, I'm not a historian, but they didn't. It seemed like they weren't allowed to have guns because they were part of the South, and there was like some law against that. This the whole loyalty mm-hmm. papers thing. I is that like I a didn't legit know that, yeah. thing? Yeah, so Reconstruction in the South was a very difficult thing. And so Texas Texas didn't get involved in the Civil War until Abraham Lincoln was elected. So when he was elected, they then joined 
the Confederate army, most of Texas. Now there were obviously just like any anywhere in the Civil War, for the most part, there were people that from Texas that went and joined the Union and tried to stay out of things. But the state of Texas became a Confederate state and joined the war effort when Abraham Lincoln was elected. And Texas is Texas. Look, I know a lot of people in Texas. My mother spent lived a lot of years in Texas. Texas has always, from day one, been looking for a reason to secede from the nation. So like they still, if you go down to Texas, they'll still look at Texas as its own country for the most part. Like there are a lot of people that feel that way. So Texas is an interesting place, beautiful state, really cool state, but a lot of interesting beliefs. But yeah, that stuff's real. So especially in Texas, Reconstruction was very difficult. They didn't find out the war was over in Texas until like weeks after General Lee had surrendered. And it was when the Union Army showed up in order to control the state of Texas. They came into, and it took them. So this took, this movie took place early after the war was over. If I remember it, it was 1865 when they showed that it started, which was the year that the war ended. So it took a long time. I think it was like six years, five years. I think it was 1870 before Texas became part of the the union again, and finally ratified the the new constitutional changes and those amendments that they talked about in this movie. Five years to amend 12, 13, 14 and adopt them. Yeah. I believe it was five years, if I remember right. I mean, don't hold me to that. That's just throwing that off the top of my head. But I'm pretty sure it was 1870 before Texas became part of the, the union again and ratified those those amendments. This movie, no offense, but this movie, movie made me lose a lot of respects for, for Texas ancestors. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> they're sitting in that, that little, uh, I don't even know what you call it. It's like a chapel thing that they, meeting house. There we go. And they're like bitching about the union. And they're, and then Tom Hanks is like, hey, I feel it. Like we're all hurting. Uh, and I was like, oh yeah, it's so sad. We lost a war that we started. We can't own fucking slaves. Like, yeah, your life is super hard, bro. Like... <laughs> I just made me, that whole scene was so annoying to me. Like, man, Texas, what a bunch of bitches, dude. Again, no offense. Your ancestors, I mean, not not currently. I, I, I've never met a Texan I don't like, but I've seen a lot of TV that I don't like. Well, here's the thing, and it's not it's not just Texas, unfortunately, when we have that conversation. I, I lived many years in the South, and, and it is... Dude, if I hear one more of you people say the South will rise again, I will lose my fucking mind, bro. Hey, look, First man, of I'm... all, do it. <laughs> again. Yeah, like, do it. What are you guys waiting for? Dude, California is more likely to secede from the nation at this point than anywhere I in the know. South. <laughs> I think the nation is more likely to kick California out. And Texas is going to be like, what the hell? We've been asking for this for years. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the South is an interesting, uh, yeah, that war was, yeah, if you know anything about it, it was interesting. The South were doomed. Hate to break it to them, but, and They're I'm not. Doomed. I don't understand the South will rise again hey. shit. Like, I'm well, sure, I don't understand honestly, that either. like, I say do it, because I'm sure there's a number of people who would love to kick Confederate ass again, you know, so. It'll never happen. Confederate flag, like, two days ago. Yeah, I think it's because. There's this comedian who is like, the South will never rise again because they're too slow. He's like, I'm not saying like they're stupid. I'm just saying that they just move slowly. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Yeah. Very interesting place, Texas. And especially at that time, it was really ugly there. And yeah, they did have to give up most firearms that 
were uh, could be used as seriously like you saw birdshot was about the extent of it that you could have outside of of that and that is because you know at that point they were they were occupied they were an occupied territory basically by the union army that's why there were checkpoints and soldiers everywhere they were basically in a state of martial law during most of the reconstruction because they were part of a secession movement so you can't let things like that stand or they'll just keep rising again as javier keeps <laughs> waiting for him to do speaking of firearms oh, here we go <laughs> i have one complaint and then one question okay so my, my my complaint is these are obviously six cylinder revolvers right these mm-hmm. are like like Civil War era revolvers during the firefight in the uh, in the mountains, the, the the boulders and stuff. Tom Hanks fired seven shots before reloading, and I didn't count the other ones, but they they shot off quite a few rounds before any anyone reloaded. So that drove me a little. It bothered me. I mean, it didn't drive me insane. It just it just bothered me. The second thing is she. So when they're loading the the, the coins into the the little cartridges, those. I'm assuming we're, we're not spent, right? Meaning that it's still gunpowder in it. Like they just dumped the bird shot out. Yeah. So shotgun shells back then were different too. So you know how like a shotgun shell now has the crimped end. Mm-hmm. So they, they have, you have your firing mechanism on the one end and then you have the bird shot inside and it's crimped. You yeah. can see in theirs, they didn't, they weren't crimped. They, you, you loaded those into the shotgun and then it just shot whatever the hell was in there out once it hit the firing pin. So yeah, th- those shells were designed like you would carry bags of birdshot and you would just pour the birdshot in load it and then you just wouldn't dump your gun i don't understand how does that how's that work like because with bullets you hit the firing pin and the firing pin ignites like a gunpowder of some sort and that's what propels it forward Sure, that's the same. So if you saw the shells that he had, they still had the metal. Like if you look at a shotgun shell now, it's got the gold or the the silver uh-huh. rim around it with the firing pin underneath that holds the small amount of gunpowder that you need to project whatever shot you have in that shell. It was the same. It had the little metal ring. The difference was is it wasn't closed on the other end. They stuck a piece of cork. They would close it with a piece of cork. They would shove a piece of cork at the end of it. Uh-huh. And then oh, it okay. would fire off. So the shell's oh, the okay. same. It's just not closed. It's open, so you can put birdshot in, and then you put a little piece of of cork, little round of cork, and you, they it showed her in there doing putting the yeah, cork yeah. on top of the okay, yeah, yeah. The dimes. So yeah, it was just a different. They didn't have them; they weren't manufactured the same way. So you had to like fill your own shells with birdshot. Got it. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 And about the whole shooting too many shots before you reload. So this one gets me going on both sides. If I see a, like a modern era movie where they've got a, a 16 round handgun and they shoot 35 rounds off while I'm watching them shoot it, like the mm-hmm. camera never cuts away. I get pissed in a movie like this. It cut away from them so often. I don't remember. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't I I watched it once, so I don't remember if they he shot seven shots without the camera cutting away from him. As long as the camera cuts away between the correct amount of shots, I'm okay because I go, look, people die off camera all the time. Why can't they reload a weapon off off camera? Because they take forever, dude. Like they literally they pan to both of them, like dumping and then having to like because you have to load it in one at a time. Like load a revolver is not quick. My problem. Yeah, but it also it also took them technically forty five minutes to travel a seven and a half week journey. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but they didn't. They weren't like cutting through this fight scene. This fight scene was like second by second. You know, I know, I know. That's just one that, as long as they cut away, my my level of disbelief can go away at that point. Yeah, all right, that's fair. 
but I do hate it when like someone unloads like right. Isn't round that round super annoying? It pisses me off like when someone unloads a thirty-five <laughs> round magazine out of a handgun that should it's only hold fifteen such a rounds. Simple thing to keep track of in a movie, right? Yeah. Like it should be. Yeah. It's just that editors have no idea what they're doing when it comes to rounds held in a gun. Yeah. All people right. who are editing Hollywood movies are probably not gun fanatics, right? So that's yeah, probably not. <sighs> So one thing about this is obviously these guys are traveling through Texas. We've already mentioned how dangerous it was back then. They do hit a lot of crazy, not good shit happens along the way of this, right? You guys have already mentioned, and we kind of briefly talked about the gunfight that happens with these three jerks that want to sell her, that basically want to buy her and make her a prostitute, a child prostitute at this point. I mean, that was a very intense scene. I love the conversation that he's having, like where he's yelling at him and he's just like, yeah, I'll put my gun down. And they're all kind of like, trying to work their way through this thing to get shot and killed by dimes. What a terrible way to die. (laughs) (laughs) Money, money, money. I turned to Mattson and I was like, dude, that's money. He's got to go fish that out of his chest. I thought the same thing. I was like, dude, you're not a rich man. You mentioned that like three times in this movie. You just left like $4 in that dude's chest. Dude, that, that can take you far, man. <laughs> we'll dig it out of that dude's eye socket. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, man, that's a waste of a lot of freaking dimes there. That's like two stories worth. <laughs> but after that gunfight, they run into, you know, they travel for a while and we see, you know, them starting to build their relationship after that because that's when she started to fully trust him is after she he protected her and uh, the first time. But then they run into Mr. Farley in Erath County. That whole scene was hard to watch, man. So like, hard. It was the buffalo or the, yeah, like, the bison. I don't know why, but I was like, that, that like was not great for me. No, yeah, it was you... hard to watch. That was, yeah, that and the slave labor and just like, it just was grungy and was like, man, this is like the drugs of society right here. Bad. Yeah. And listening to them talk about like the accomplishments of driving out the Mexicans and the blacks. And I'm like, what is it? Like, it was so weird because up to that point in the movie, the racism of the time was presented as just an everyday, like that. that's just how people thought, right? Like, like Indians killed White people, white people killed Indians. That's just a fact of life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think less of black people because, you know, we always kind of have, right? Like, and then you get to Erath County and these people are like super racist. Like, I hate Indians so much that I scalp them. And I'm like, it was cra- It was like, you're already dealing with racism and then there's this racism and it's still bad compared to other racism, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I I'm not doing a good job at describing how shocking like going into Erath County was and how like just not only just barbaric it was, but super racist. Well, and the racism's at the forefront, but you can just tell that they're just nasty people like that dude, the the main guy, Mr. Farley, like the one guy that ends up going with him, John Crowley or Carly or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. He like they killed his brother because he talked too much. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) <laughs> really happy though like creepily yeah happy. yeah that guy's messed up in the in the cabeza you know yeah like in i'd be Italian. dead if you talk too much me and javier we'd be fucked <laughs> i thought it was because he was talking shit on on mr farley was it just because he was talking too much it was because he was too loud like that the other guy was like yeah he was super loud like it was just because oh. he talked too fucking much yeah see i yeah i wouldn't do well to be fair, like I don't do well in a lot of places, I think. So if I'm sure if like it was OK to shoot me at this point, I would have been shot. That's so. fair. 
Yeah, that one was a hard one for me. But I, I did like what he did to turn it around where, you know, they wanted him to read the ERATH newspaper and he starts talking about, you know, these guys that basically created a like revolution after they almost died in a coal mine. And so he was sitting there talking directly to these people to like rise up against Mr. Farley and they actually do it. Like I was like, this is great. Oh, so Tom Hanks incites a riot and it's awesome. But Donald Trump does the same thing and it's the end of the fucking world. Just kidding. I do not condone violence or Donald Trump (laughs) (laughs) or Joe Biden. (laughs) Javier is going to rise up again. (laughs) (laughs) The libertarians will rise eventually. Slowly but surely. Oh, God, that's great. Um, Yeah, and then the last one, they have this big, I guess not the last one, but the next to last one, they fall off this mountain. And you knew, that was one thing that I really liked about this is the way that they showed the amount of time that they were traveling is the wear and tear on this poor cart. Because that wheel, you see him fixing the wheel throughout the movie. Then it finally just gives up the ghost as they start going down this hill. And I was like, oh, shit, they're hurting. Luckily, they get out before... That was a hard one for me, too. The horse just screaming at the end because it just falling down that mountainside. I was like, damn. Dude, it was a one-car pileup, man. It was rough. Yeah, it was way rough. Yeah, dude. When Well, what's funny is I was like, how come the brakes aren't working? (laughs) Because I I don't know how a wagon works. (laughs) We tried to push that thing against it, but when you're already going that fast, I mean... Push comes to shove, man. We know that's going to break. That'd be terrifying. Right? Like, when they bailed out, I was like, that's got to hurt. Because they're bailing out onto that rock, like that rock path, you know? So they jump off this cart. The cart is going, I don't even know how fast, but it's a runaway cart going downhill. Could not have felt comfortable. Let's just put it that way. No, that sucks. I really want to talk about that dust storm. I believe that that type of dust storm in this movie could have happened. We need we need a Texan is what we need because I'm yeah. just not buying that that kind of dust storm happens in Texas. You know, Javier doesn't believe that dust storm could happen. JJ, oh, it can. No, no, no. no. I, I'm not saying that dust storms can't happen. I'm saying that level of dust storm doesn't happen. So Texas, this happens more often in Texas and back then, especially because even now they'll have dust storms. Obviously, they're not going to be quite like that. But back then they would. Even back in the 1900s, the early 1900s, there was 1935, 40, I think, is where the story originated. Well, that's because of the Dust Bowl, right? Like, well, that's sure, not a- you have the Dust Bowl, but that, the whole state it's, of Texas has this dust, dust Bowl. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Even today, the whole state of Texas has dust storm warnings. Like we have, I'm just, well, we don't here in Utah. Like, but like, so there's an old joke from Texas, and they still tell it is a dust storm happens, and and the sheriff's walking through the town checking on the damage, and sees a cowboy hat, and he picks up the cowboy hat, and there's a head underneath it. The cowboy's still there, so he starts freaking out, trying to dig him up, and he's getting further and further to where the cowboy can talk. He says, "Hey, man, do you have a shovel? I got a great horse under here." <laughs> <laughs> But like stupid <laughs> Texans are so lame. <laughs> so it's it's one of those things that it can definitely happen. And especially back then in, in the, you know, because Texas was a desert for the most part until you got into the coastlines. But the central, the hill country like that. Yeah, it could definitely happen. Now, I'm sure it was dramatized to a point when you see that wall of dust coming. It looks like a sandstorm out in the Middle East. I mean, I don't know that it would be that big, but they certainly happen. Like when you see them walking through with the, the Kiowa and you see you can't see, you know, two feet in front of your face and the wind's blowing. That's real. I've actually been in a very small version of that in Arizona where you just, there's just so much sand and dirt and dust. You can't see shit. All right. Maybe I was wrong. 
All right. I just am still not convinced that I am wrong. So until a Texan gets on our Instagram and tells me I'm wrong, I'm not, I'm not buying it. I'll find you one. Okay. I'll make sure that our our next post, if we do one, has that. <laughs> you're called bullshit. Let's fit, let's I'm prove it. Calling, I'm calling you Texans out. I think you're just a <laughs> bunch of whiners. I think you get some dust in your eye, and you guys claim that it's burying entire cities. I will say one thing that this book or this movie made me want to read the book. And the I think novel JJ. Sorry, the novel. Whatever. I just moved over to the Texas side. Fuck off, Yeah, I want to read this novel. I want to read this book because I think, and like I said in the in the spoiler free, I I really enjoyed these two people growing together. Matson mentioned the fact that this guy's been through the war. He saw gnarly things. He they talk about that at the end of the movie about how he you know he feels his wife's death is a punishment because of all the things that he did and saw during the war. And I'm like, man, that's rough. I want to hear the inner monologue, like the inner dialogue that happens with this man when you can't, they can't show in a movie. I think there's so many things from a character perspective that you could read about. So I'm very intrigued and I think they did a great job with it, but I really want to read this book because I'm very interested in that piece that they can't show in a movie. I wonder if there's more action stuff that they kicked out too, right? Because the movie feels like, the action stuff is packed in the beginning to mm-hmm. middle movie, mate. Not not the beginning, but like kind of the front end of the movie. And then after that, the the most action thing that happened was they crashed their cart. Yeah, almost die in the desert. But that's like more of like that's more not it's not intense. It's like oh man, they might die here. Right. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if there's stuff that they chopped kind of later because the whole journey is supposed to be dangerous, right? So I yeah, I, I'm curious about that too. I will say that the end of this movie kind of made it for me. Like, I, you know, we get the conclusion of he realizes he should, you know, he drops her off at an aunt and uncle's, which I was like, this isn't going to end well. Like, you could just tell when you meet the aunt and uncle. I was like, this shit's not going to go over well. So I was sitting there thinking, are you really just going to leave, dude? (laughs) What did you expect? You. They're German. <laughs> I'm glad I can insult an entire state and country in one podcast. Man, I'm telling you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like you're sitting there going and he's just like, he, the, the, the uncle doesn't give a shit. He's just like, you got to work. You got to work. I need her to work. That's all he cares about. And I get like, you, you know, you got to make money. You got to live in this this desert that you call texas and so it's really rough but damn and then he goes off to find to go home which you they try to lead you to believe that his wife's there and he's just trying going home to make amends like the mm-hmm. one lady said and, and i don't know because the way he presents it throughout the most of the movie is it sounds like she's alive right i left a wife and where where is it san antonio san antonio I, yeah. she was dead i told javier that and i i was right so. madsen did call it yeah yeah that was me too. I was sitting there going, oh, she is so dead. Because you, you just don't, especially a guy that's willing to take this little girl across the, the state of Texas for seven weeks instead of doing his job. Like, he doesn't just leave his wife sitting in San Antonio holding the bag. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel a little stupid because I'm sitting there like, <laughs> like, why would he, why wouldn't he just go back to his wife? Like, why? And I was like, no, nah, there must be a good reason. And I just sort of like left it at that in my head. Yeah, no, I knew he was, I knew she was dead. So me and me and Matson got that left Javier in the dust. But I was so glad when he went back, but I was pissed when he shows up and she's tied to a fucking stake in the yard. I was like, fucking shoot this dude right now. And then he dude, grabbed the gun. Yeah, that's why he would have got a gun. He's like, yeah. it probably looks bad. <laughs> she wouldn't work. Like, Fuck off. Oh, man. <laughs> 
bad, bad news. Yeah, because the mom's like, she kept running away. And Tom Hanks is like, she's a child. And I'm like, I mean, those are both pretty good points. I did have the reoccurring question of like, nobody wants this kid, but nobody wants this kid to run away. So I'm like, it sounds like you guys kind of want this kid because otherwise, if I have a kid that I don't want and she just runs away, I'm like, well, I mean, that problem kind of solved itself when you say (laughs) <laughs> exactly. But they don't want to feel responsible for the oncoming death of her running around in Texas by herself either, or worse than death. But I love the end of this movie. Like I did enjoy when you see him because she was so enamored by his stories and what he did. And then the fact that it shows him doing his job only less than ju- he wasn't just reading all of a sudden. Right. He was become an entertainer, which he did so well in that shitty town of Erath County that now he's, you know, it's you can tell, I mean, she's got the, she's banging on the door, like the dead dude in the coffin. And so I really enjoyed the end. The end, I was starting to feel a little, a certain kind of way about this movie by the time we got to the end, because it is long mm-hmm. and it does drag the back half quite a bit. I was starting to feel a certain kind of way about this movie, but the, the end of it brought me right back because you see this, they've come together and they've accepted where they're at and they've, they've made this life together, like Mattson said. So I really, really liked the end of the movie. You guys ready to rate this movie? Let's do it. Mattson, why don't you go? Yeah, so I'm going to rate this movie a 3.5. Biggest reasons for the acting, the relationship between Captain Kidd and Johanna. Um, I really, as we are kind of talking about earlier, love how this movie ends. I think it's really heartwarming to know that he realized, hey, he had to go deal with what happened to his wife, her being gone. Definitely hit close to home and he had to put that ring inside the locket and, and bury that there next to his wife. And man, that was that was touching for sure when he was like, you know what? I've got to close this chapter, but I have a new life waiting for me. I got to go back and get this girl because he, you knew when he was leaving that house that he didn't feel good about leaving her there because she was just basically going to be like slave work for them in a sense. So I really liked the acting, how this movie ended. There was definitely some tense moments, specifically that gunfight that I spoke about earlier. The reason I don't rate this movie higher, it was, it was very slow. I think it was also kind of not what I expected. So if my expectations were a little bit different, would I feel differently about this movie? Maybe, but still, this movie's pretty slow for me. But is it worth watching? I would say yes. I think if you're a Tom Hanks fan, like Javier said, are there better Hanks movies? Sure, but this one isn't bad. And I think this is one of his more heartwarming performances for how he develops a character throughout the movie so with that 3.5 i don't think i'll ever watch this movie again because of how slow it is but it was worth a one-time watch for sure javier okay um matson did a three and a half i think it deserves a little bit more than that i'm gonna give it a four and i think i've been overly critical of this movie especially in the the like the spoiler free it's honestly like a good movie it's uh well acted it's beautiful too like mm-hmm. like these traveling movies are awesome right like or they can be awesome right yeah. so you've got like things like lord of the rings where you're you know, <laughs> following them traveling it's just this gorgeous scenery they didn't have that advantage in this movie it's texas mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe maybe a little offense it's a little late by now for that now. <laughs> <laughs> it's desert right big ass oh, yeah. boulders hills off in the distance dry gray brown like it is just ugly scenery right but like the movie itself is really pretty like it's it's a gorgeous movie the acting is awesome i'm not a historian but like it seemed like they had the union uniforms down pretty well they were the you saw like the 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 cult revolver that they used you know during the civil war like you see that a couple of times so it seemed like there were some like really some accurate historical pieces there so i think this deserves a four because it is well done and like jj mentioned in the spoiler free it's like it's gonna win some awards or whatever and <laughs> 
you mentioned that usually movies like this like are not super exciting right and mm-hmm. the one that immediately comes to mind is the revenant right yeah. like revenant gorgeous movie well acted oh. boring as hell dude <laughs> like, yeah. there's one exciting scene where dicaprio gets mauled by a bear but other than that like that movie is hella boring but this mm-hmm. one like not so much right like they've got some really exciting things they've got some really emotionally moving things i think it's a well-rounded movie as far as like there's something for everyone to like in this i do stand by my comment though that I think there are better Tom Hanks movies out there. And if you're watching this for like people shooting each other in kind of a Western setting, there are better movies for that too, like uh, Magnificent Seven. That's my favorite Western movie. If you want a good Western, go watch Magnificent Seven. That movie's dope. Anyway, four, I I probably won't watch this again. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't be opposed to watching it again. It is just, it's a commitment. It's a time and emotional commitment. I just have to wait until I'm ready to make that commitment again. That's true. Yeah, I, I've been bouncing back and forth all night talking through this uh, between three and a half and a four. What I loved about this movie, I loved. What I didn't like about this movie, I really didn't like. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's just such an extreme. There's nothing in the middle. Like a lot of movies, like I feel very middling about, but then there's either really great that outweighs the really bad or the really bad outweighs the really great. And for this one, it's it, there's very little middle ground. It's either really great or it's bad. It's And so I, I too feel like I've been a little rough on the movie because the parts that stick out to me are the ones that I didn't enjoy as much. But to be honest, like, like you said, Javier, it's really good. It's entertaining. It's it's deep. It's thoughtful. It's emotional. It really makes you consider, would I do this? Would I even go through something similar to this to help a child, to help a person? So it kind of really touches on our humanity a lot, which I really like. The story of these two people is beautiful. It's emotional. It's really touching. And watching this child grow and, you know, be in a very terrible, I mean, she lost her parents technically twice over Mm -hmm. she's in a very shitty position and here's this weirdo that just wants to take her to a home that in her mind she doesn't have anymore and so it's like into these people that she doesn't know so it's a very hard movie to watch at times because of the emotion but it is exciting at times as well and and the action that's played out plays out very well i really liked it more than i disliked it it's just that there were some parts that I didn't enjoy. It's very long. I could have done, honestly, without the whole horse falling off the cliff. Like, I realized they needed that to set up the the whole Kiowa, you know, the, as they're moving the natives moving through this windstorm, that whole scene. But I think they could have maybe done it a little differently, done it faster. Maybe they had to leave the horses after they left Erath County for some reason. I, I don't know. I, I just felt like there was a different way to do that. Mm-hmm. That part, I just didn't love that. whole. It felt forced to me anyway that's probably my biggest criticism of it is its length because and it felt like it could have been chopped down a little bit and just been a better movie i'm gonna go with a four i I, like said i've been sitting here stalling trying to figure out what i want to do (laughs) but i am gonna go with a four i feel like it's worth the watch it's a good movie tom hanks is amazing this little actress helena zengel is is fantastic and everything around it is just built very well to tell this story the ending is amazing it leaves you feeling good at the end of all this struggle so yeah for and i will watch this movie again i don't think i'm gonna watch it soon (laughs) but Um. i I think i will watch it it's kind of like javier you said it's you got to prepare yourself it's time commitment plus it's an emotional commitment because it is an emotional movie so I'll, i'll wait some time but i will watch it again so you know what just popped into my head is this uh if you want a story of like some dude taking some chick like across the country play the last of us like oh yeah like that's maybe that's Mm -hmm. why i didn't like it as much 
Mm. I think in the back of my mind, I was like, there's a better story that's this story just in a different, like, period. That's fair. Play The Last yeah. of Us. That's a cool story about an old guy taking a young girl across the country and dealing with a bunch of shit. So. Yeah, and their relationship growing. Oh, man. Joel and Ellie, you're going to make me play that shit again. I don't have, <laughs> I don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> New show, though. Hey, here's our shameless plug for our TV side. HBO is producing a, a show based on that game. Oh, um, shut up. Nice. Yeah, so, and it's being written and produced by the writer and producer of the game itself. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, it's I am stoked for that. So, it, probably a couple years out. but So are they doing like season per game type of thing? Like what are they going to do? I, I don't know for sure. They have said that it's going to stick with the original storyline from the first game, at least at first. And mm. then, I mean, there's so much in between the two games. So there's a lot of content there that I think you could cover. But he also talks about this. The, the show will be different than the first game. There's going to be more content that we didn't get to see. Because, you know, there's a lot of, if you've played the game, there's a lot of time jumps. Yeah, I like in the game. You go from one city and then boom, you're like... You're in yeah, the six city. states next. Yeah. yeah. So, so th- there's going to be a lot more that they said that they'll fill in in some of those gaps. So I'm really nice. excited to, to, to keep it different. So it's not just going to be like you're watching. And it'll uh, be canon TV. since it's the writer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. So I'm stoked. So watch out because we'll definitely cover that on the TV side when it comes out. I, I think if I remember right, it's early 2022 or sometime in 2022 is when that'll be released. They just got their directors for it. So it's really good. Ah, fingers crossed we're alive then. Hell yeah. Well, thank you again for tuning in, guys. We appreciate it. Next week, January 25th, we will be releasing The Dark Knight. So we're going old school on it. Going back a few years. Yes! Dude, <laughs> I'm so amped for this movie. Like, I- yeah. So yeah, that'll be we'll be reviewing that next week, and it'll be come, being released on the 25th of January for The Dark Knight. Also, if you guys can think of other movies, February, we got to start planning for February. So if you listen to this and you think about movies you want us to watch for February, you know it's coming out. There's a handful of good movies that I know are set to come out, but if there's some mm-hmm. you want us to review, let us know. We'll get them on the schedule. Matt, so why don't you tell everybody where they can find us? Yeah, check us out at whatsourverdict.com. Find us on most actively on Facebook and Instagram at What's Our Verdict. Don't forget to check out our What's Our Verdict TV podcast as well. I mean, you can find us both TV and movies on Apple, Spotify, Ghana, Stitcher, and a lot of other places as well. Appreciate you listening. Cool. Well, we appreciate you tuning in and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye-bye now. Had to unmute myself first that time. I'm learning. Ah, uh, magic out. <laughs>